Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Diana. And you're listening to Fiction Kitchen, where we're cooking with inspiration from our favorite books, movies, and TV. Today we are talking about Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Which we were just discussing, we both saw about a month ago. <laughs> so Yeah, so we're, we'll see we'll see how really our good. memory holds out. <laughs> and I just finished reading the book and so and now it's like all blue I'm like well, <laughs> now it's hard for me to remember the movie because well also because because it was farther I watched a while ago but then now that I read the book I'm like wait did that also happen? Right, yes. Yeah, it's, it's hard to <laughs> get a grasp on it. I loved yeah. the movie so much, but yeah, I hope I can remember some good details for us to discuss. Um, but yeah. first, let's do Tasty Time. Tasty Time. Where we talk about what's going on in fiction food. So, yeah, so, so this movie is a Tim Burton film. I mean, directed by Tim sure Burton. Sure was. Hashtag Birdoween for October. What that was hosted on your blog. It was yes. So yeah. we yeah, um, as part of that the really fandom fun. foodies group, we cooked a bunch of Tim Burton inspired recipes. And so yeah, like so even though it's not October anymore, I think we're gonna sneak our our recipes from tonight in yeah, under we'll the. Sneak our Right under the <laughs> line. So, yeah, yeah, so we cooked a bunch of Tim Burton recipes. If you look on social media with hashtag Bertoween, or you can go to um, witchykitchen.com, uh, which is my site <laughs> where, where I hosted this month, um, there's a bunch of Tim Burton inspired recipes. Yeah, and and there are a lot there. So Yeah, yeah totally there was them. great participation this month. I was really happy with how it turned out. And yeah. Yeah, also because it coincided with Food and Flicks. Yeah. So um yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna start like telling you what's going on with a couple of like um friend of the podcast run sites. So um uh Food and Flicks run by um Heather from All Roads Lead to the Kitchen has a um a movie each month and so we've been mentioning it and so last month was Beetlejuice and so that's what what coincided with Birdoween and this month it is Burnt the uh, movie about a chef starring Bradley Cooper which I haven't seen yet so I'm interested to watch it and I'm sure there there'll be lots of food in a movie about a chef so. <laughs> but it was fun to see the the creations based on Beetlejuice. Oh, it too. sure was. Yeah, because there was like some super creative movie, stuff. So yeah, and then yeah. this month for fandom foodies, yes, the theme is yeah. Zelda. <laughs> Hashtag Zelda month, which coincides. So Zelda month is already a thing. Um, started by Peanut Butter Gamer. Oh, okay. Um, a few years ago, but I mean, he does like YouTube gamer videos. Um, and so, level one chef in the Fandom Foodies group, Brian Connor, um, he is hosting on his video game food blog, um, hashtag Zelda Month. Um, uh, he's hosting a link up to go along with Zelda Month, um, so all Zelda food recipes can be posted there and, and shared and found if you uh, aren't. Uh, if you're not able to contribute a recipe, you can still peruse and check out the the entries. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. I yeah. am 
fully planning on participating, although I have not played Zelda since, like, the early 90s. <laughs> Nostalgia. I know, but I love it. So, yeah, and I, and I recognize the music. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh, the music for Zelda. So good. Like, that's just, that's one of the tunes, like, the just the main Zelda theme it, that is, like, ingrained in my head from my childhood. Yeah, like that and Mario. <laughs> from the right. original NES. Yeah, and Final Fantasy. Yeah, that was a big one for me, too. Yeah. Yeah. I love, like, the Zelda music will make me tear up. Aww. Like, just the nostalgia, but also, well, probably mostly the nostalgia. Yeah, I gotta make a recipe. I've made a few in the past, so I need to make a new one. Uh, or I'll just, or I'll just use my my little um, Nendroid figures and put them in funny poses <laughs> with food. I don't know. We'll see. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah, lots going yeah, on. Yeah, lots so going food on. Clicks and fandom foodies. Um. Yes, and then I wanted to mention uh, I have a friend. So I'm in a writing group, um, and one of my friends in writing group, uh, her. Um, ebook is coming out tomorrow. She's releasing an ebook tomorrow. Oh, cool. Um, or I should say November 2nd. <laughs> um, yeah, so tomorrow November for 2nd. us. Uh, yeah. Who knows oh, yeah. when you guys will get this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so Aubrey writes, A-U-B-R-I-E writes.com is her website, and the book is called Darkness Whispers. Ooh. And... It's a fantasy adventure. I don't know how to describe it, <laughs> but um, but food-wise, because I'm her friend, ah. she's like, I gotta put food in here. <laughs> For she said that like she was thinking of me when she like added in her character has a, a I don't know if you'd say a quirk, but like one of the character traits is that she loves food and her she has a favorite food that's braided cinnamon bread oh wow so she's like i put that in there for that's you. so sweet oh <laughs> like, yeah this is like the official synopsis is after witnessing something dark and strange on a routine mission Safira Travell, a 19-year-old assassin with a weakness for braided cinnamon bread <laughs> and an affinity for murder, is thrust on a seemingly impossible quest to save her world. Awesome. <laughs> cinnamon bread and murder. That's right. Woo. So you, you inspired at least part of that. <laughs> yeah. Are you also into murder? <laughs> What's that? I said, are you also into murder or just cinnamon bread? No, just... <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Possibly? No. Huh. No. no. <laughs> um, Very cool. Yeah, an assassin chef. That would be really interesting. I bet, I'm sure that's already been done. Yeah, they'll like cut their because of all the cut their victims involved, up sure into it's... their into their uh <laughs> dishes. Yeah. yeah. So yes. So darkness whispers. And you can get it on Amazon. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, so we'll link yeah, up to that's, that. That's that. All right. Um, so, Miss Peregrine. Now I... Yeah. What did you think of... Okay. First, the movie. Because, yeah, you just finished the book today. I did not read the book. I wanted to. I 
I get so busy. I know. I really wanted to because I loved the movie. Um, But yeah, what what did you think of each? Well, so I actually I read the graphic novel. Oh, okay. I didn't even know there was a graphic novel a couple of years ago, maybe. Um, whenever it was, yeah. When did it come out? I feel like it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. The the book is um, from 2011. 2011. And then yeah. the movie and just it came it out, like so the, the, yeah, the graphic novel, I guess, was between that, <laughs> of course. I think maybe it's 2013. Yeah, it's 2013, yep. Yeah, for the graphic novel. So, I read it maybe 2014, that sounds more, or maybe, two, anyway, I read it a little while. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the illustrations, it's um, Cassandra Jean did the illustrations, um, but the, the, word, the text is still from the novel. Which is nice. Um, yeah, the artwork is really cool. Um, but, but it's kind of hard to remember now. But, but I liked it. And then, and so I, and I was intrigued to, you know, want, want the gaps filled in, um, by reading the novel. Um, but yeah, but I didn't get to that, to reading the novel until, you know, now. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, so then, so things were kind of, were familiar to me, like generally speaking, when I watched the movie because I, you know, re- remembered vaguely what was <laughs> going on uh-huh. from the graphic novel. Um, but then, but yeah, but then I was like, wait, some things are different. So like, yeah, the movie, but because I couldn't remember exactly the story, you know, I. So I, I don't think it's a, I think it's well known that the movie is different from the book. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, um, so, but it, it didn't really stand out to me how much until I read the novel. Oh, okay. Which, thankfully, I read after watching the movie. Because I think you can get away with maybe enjoying the movie more if you either read the book a long time ago, and it's really vague in your memory, or if you read the book after. That's probably the case, because, like, just going over it, like, I, I saw the movie and loved it, and then I haven't read the book, but just from reading, like, the Wikipedia entry, like, on, on all the differences between, like, there's so many, like, of all the children, like, they pretty much switched all their powers and all their ages, and it's, like, completely different. So I, I think that kind of stuff would really, yeah. like, affect how... So I think... So I think yeah, yeah, my enjoyment of it. So I, I'm sure if you're, it. like, a huge fan of it, you're gonna get, like, super yeah. annoyed. Yeah, yeah so... What? Because I, I can but see I that, yeah. Ransom Riggs' blessing. So the novel uh, series is by Ransom Riggs. And he, he was, you know, on set sometimes... Whoops. He was on set sometimes for the movie. And um, he, like, he it had his blessing. He would tweet about it. And, yeah. And like I mean, I, I think it was so. a great movie regardless. You know, like, it if it wasn't, like, you know, 100%, you know, um, like, uh, devoted yeah. to the source material. Um but yeah, well, I read. <laughs> I read that. I don't know if it's or faithful to the source material. Yeah, yeah. In a in kind of a review about it, um, the uh, the writer said like that it's a one off, like a one shot. The movie is, and that's why it's so changed and kind of condensed. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if. There is no planned sequel, or and there never was a planned sequel, or you know, and that's what happened, or if the person is just saying it f- 
maybe that's why things, you know, were shifted like they were. But, um, yeah, so just, just watching the movie, like, I enjoyed it. Um, there were some things that annoyed me, like, just set the hollow guest on fire, girl. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's, so there were some things that were kind of like, uh, like, I don't know, like cliche stuff always gets to me and everything. And then like things that you could tell are just convenient for like something else to happen. But like in reality, probably. Yeah. Like I've seen, I've seen lots but, of discontent with it, and I agree with all of it. But like for some mm-hmm. reason, I I just because of the feel of but it, the style but, yeah, of it, and everything, know. you know, the atmosphere of it. Yeah, stuff, like that yeah. goes, yeah, that goes Isn't a long it, way towards like cool. kind of mending everything, and so I can kind of gloss over that stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, and the book is definitely has its own style too and there were and there were many things just like when I watched the movie there were many things in the book where I'm like what <laughs> like just do this or you know wh- why what <laughs> just set the thing on fire <laughs> you know the same so I guess some of the same <laughs> so maybe it is it's very it, maybe it did very truthfully follow the book in that regard yeah it could that, be a, like a that, that like an issue with me. Bo- both of them they just kind of <laughs> did it in different ways set the thing on fire <laughs> in the movie and in the book please but um well let's give a quick yeah. synopsis um for those who may not have like read or seen this yet um so miss peregrine's home for peculiar children um, yeah, it was uh, originally a novel, and then a graphic novel, and then a movie. And um, it's basically the story of um, a boy whose grandfather has told him all kinds of stories about this home he used to be at, and um, all kinds of details about it, and then something horrific happens. And, um, his grandfather dies, and so the boy wants to find out kind of more about where his grandfather came from. So, ends up traveling to Wales with his father, um, and going to this, this orphanage. And, um, yeah, it turns out it's the home of Miss Peregrine, who, who takes care of these orphans, but the orphans are kind of, um... <laughs> I've been describing it as X-Men with an Instagram filter on it, <laughs> which I think is a good description. Yeah, because, like, so these are, these are like, you know, special children. They all have, like, a like a um, certain kind of power or whatever, but, um, it, but it's all very, like, quaint and quirky and lovely, and I think that's what I love about it. Like, it's not an entirely yeah. original concept, but I really like how it was portrayed here. Well, and they're, like, stuck in the 1940s. They are. In, in 1940, and so there's that. Yeah, so even period, though, yeah, it's like, back in the 1940s, yeah, but it feels and, almost, and like, Victorian and... to me, you know, like, uh, like yeah. the feel of these, how they're living and everything. So, yeah, he, he, he goes there and kind of figures out that, um, yeah, it takes place in the 1940s, which is a huge part. Like, we'll talk about the, the themes in a little bit. So, during World War Two, And, um, so, yeah, Miss Peregrine, um, takes care of these orphans who all have their own powers, but she also has powers. She, um, is an Embreen, um, who is, um, able to control time, so she creates a loop for them, so they basically live the same day over and over again. And she can also and turn into a bird. <laughs> 
And only ladies can control time. That's right. Because men would mess it up. That's what they say. Oh, okay. <laughs> they, ladies have they do the mention that they're always the right female. Temperament. Yeah, and and she's she's like, and you have to be a bird too because birds can birds can like manipulate time. Oh, okay. Like, like it's just a fact. Like birds can. Yes. All right. Time. Yeah. Take that up. So you have to be female and you have to be. A bird. And they all have very like, cute names like thrush and wren and whatever you know whatever yeah. kind of bird they can turn into. So yeah. So she takes care of these children, but um. There's a like a evil group of people that are trying to achieve immortality called the yeah. Hologasters. Yeah, Hologasts. Or Hologasts. Yeah. I don't know if they did they have whites in the movie. They had Hologasts. I th- I th- the yeah, I think they kept it pretty. <laughs> but they didn't have whites in the movie. Okay, yeah. Oh, there's whites in Game of Thrones. <laughs> well, did they? Because. Because they were represented in the movie, but I just can't remember if they... Okay, like the fighting skeletons and stuff? Probably. So, like, the people with the white eyes are whites, and then the hologasts are the monster tentacles. Okay, alright. But I can't remember if in the movie they distinguished, you know... Yeah. Well, anyway, there's bad people trying to achieve immortality that are that are basically... um, So, yeah, these embryons are protecting, you know... Uh, peculiar the children, yeah. children like all over the world and in all different points of time. So, um, yeah, time but the hologasters are kind of uh, coming in on their, uh, in, uh, interrupting their loops and trying to attack them. As well. <laughs> yeah, they are gobbling them up. That's right. Yes. <laughs> so chaos ensues, and yeah, we get a pretty interesting sequence and outcome. So yeah. yeah. That's the the premise of the movie. And book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the book so there the book is a trilogy. Um so there's so yeah, there's like one story arc in the trilogy and then there is a companion book that just came out um kind of around the same time the movie I think it maybe it was September thirtieth. Is that when the movie came Yeah, out? September anyway, it was like at the same yeah. time basically. Um, so it was whatever Tuesday was around there, because that's when books are released. Anyway, Tales of the Peculiar, which is a short story collection of, um, stories about peculiars throughout history. And the first story in that is The Splendid Cannibals. Uh-oh. So, yeah, all about food. <laughs> <laughs> Food in quotes. So these are like folktaleish kind of stories, like so that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, the Splendid Cannibals. It's a, <laughs> it's a, a town of peculiar of people who have the peculiarity of being able to regrow lost body parts. Ooh. So you can imagine yeah. that that works out well for cannibals. For generations, but the cannibals yeah. are all really nice. They're all really nice people and. Yeah, and they're rich, and then the villagers get greedy and start selling off their body parts. And stuff. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, but um, but then um, just recently, a new trilogy, a new peculiar trilogy was announced. So there will be, 
it'll be the further adventures oh. of Jacob Portman, who is the main character yes. in the, the first three books. Um, but it'll be so it won't be like a six book series. It'll be like two trilogies. Okay, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like um, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that'll start publishing 2017, I think. So next cool. year. So that's cool to look forward to. Um, yeah. And I also want to note it's like super cute and I don't well, if cute's the right word. Well, yeah, it's cute. Um, so Ransom Riggs is married to Tahira Mafi, who is also a young adult youth author. So, and they like often tour together because they have books that come out around the same time. Aww. And they're like so cute. And and they're so like upscale and classy looking together. Like anyway, and and maybe they met, maybe that's how they met was like on tour together. Like <laughs> <laughs> when her first book and his first book came out. I don't know, but anyway, they got married in 2013. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Yeah, you can write this that's... little backstory for them. <laughs> well, I... <laughs> yeah. I just think it's really cute. And she just came out... Like, so when his yeah, Tales cool. of the Killer came out, her she just came out with a book called Furthermore, which is like a middle grade that looks really oh, cool. awesome that I have. So that's just a tidbit about Ransom Rings. Nice. Um, and then... Yeah. So... Food. <laughs> <laughs> well, before yeah, before we get into food, before we talk yeah, about let's food, okay. let's talk a little bit about like some interesting themes, um, because um, well, the whole the whole start of him like having the idea for this book is he was looking at some like old foot oh, yeah, photographs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Duh, let's talk about that. Yeah, I'm. Oh no, you're. Fine. <laughs> I even like read up about it too, and I. <laughs> But yeah, like at at some like flea market, he acquired some like interesting photographs, which you know I've seen some of them, and they're all very creepy looking. You know, of course, in black and white, and of children and stuff. And so he kind of started forming a narrative around this. Um, And like the original concept was to have a book full of photographs, you know, and kind of like and build this, Um, but ended up being like more of a traditional book instead yeah so at the back of the novel he has uh, like I mean he has the acknowledgements page but but before that it's kind of like an extra acknowledgement to the um, the people that let him borrow or let him use some of the photographs because these are like um, real people that like you know from Mm -hmm. So, like, each photograph that's printed in the book um, has a corresponding page number in the back, and it so it says, like, what the title of the photo is, and then from the collection of, and then there are several people, like Robert Jackson um, let him use many, um, but it says, yeah, all the pictures in this book are authentic, vintage found photographs. Um, and it says that on, there are only a couple that went um, underwent minimal f- post processing. Oh, okay. Um, but most, but pretty much they're all unaltered, um, and they were lent from personal archives of ten 
collectors, um, and then also, like you said, some of them he found, because it just says, like, from the collection of the author. <laughs> um, yeah, that they were, he said, um, countless hours hunting through giant bins of unsorted snapshots at flea markets and antique malls and yard sales. Yeah. And that's, that's so, so cool, like, to, yeah, to see these pictures and cool. be so inspired that you start, like, writing stories around just these, you know... Mm-hmm. These images, yeah, of and I can kind of see, like, see it as, yeah, the original idea might have been more of like a coffee table kind of book, mm-hmm. like a, like with, as if it was like a found, a found photo album kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, these strange stories, but then it became this whole novel trilogy, <laughs> this whole series. Um, yeah, and, and there's some, and it's interesting. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say it's kind of like like that it is very cool but at the same time like a a little bit of the story like leading up to the page with the photograph on it like sometimes it felt a little bit too obvious like oh like he was like trying to build it around whatever like yeah i mean which isn't necessarily a bad thing knowing the begin, you know the origins of this whole series is based around the photograph but he kind of had to force it Um, a little bit to get it to (laughs) yeah sometimes it was a little bit forced and then and then sometimes the photographs like in the story the photographs are referring to like one person but then of course the photographs aren't connected in real Mm -hmm. life so they're the the images are of different people so like the people don't match. Oh, okay. In the like it's supposed to be the same person, but, but in the story, different. they say it's about the same person gotcha. that another photograph was of, and so it's yeah, that could be a little jarring if you're like actually physically showing it. Because I mean, that's the whole point of a book. Yeah. You're supposed to like come up with stuff in your imagination, <laughs> then if you're showing yeah. contradicting photographs, so it, <laughs> it can be kind of weird. Take you out of the story a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. Like in the sense that it reminds you of where the inspiration story of for the story came mm. from. So like. And that's all, like when you're reading a story, you're supposed to lose yourself right. and yeah, like not, yeah. not be pulled out of the story or reminded about that. Yeah, I, I can see how that can simultaneously so like that. create an atmosphere for it because like all the photos I've seen yeah. are like very like beautiful and haunting, you know. But it, yeah, if it's supposed to be like a specific thing and it's not quite matching up, I can see how that can take you out of it. Yeah, and then you're like, so, then you're like, really, like everybody's just taking like stopping to take these pictures like what? <laughs> so right I mean, we're in the middle sense, of an action a sequence strange, where are we like, yeah because <laughs> like at the very end of the book and then it's like they're like i mean i don't want to spoil anything but like somebody happened to bring a camera like oh yeah <laughs> that's like a picture like it's like well, okay <laughs> yeah suspension of disbelief yeah. yeah um well yeah so the 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 photographs tie-in is, like, pretty pretty interesting, but there's also some, like, really good um, themes floating throughout. Um, so the story literally, in the in the loop Miss um, Peregrine has created, is literally during World War II. Um, so mm-hmm. it's one day they're living over and over again, and at the end of the day, their house, they live in this, like, giant mansion or whatever, um, gets bombed. So, like, right before it's bombed, they'll reset the loop and kind of, like, live the day over and over again. Um, but there's some, there's some good themes in the, in the story. 
um, a couple different things related to that time, and one is is like quite obviously the Holocaust, um, which was horrible and tragic and not kind of portrayed through these these kids. So, like the names um, Jacob and Abraham, his grandfather, are like very Jewish names, so it's kind of relating to that, even if it's not like. Um, explicit in the story, but also, like, the kids that are living there are, they're different, and, um, they're kind of kept away and protected, and, um, you know, it could be dangerous for them to be in society, and they all have powers that are, like, kind of both a blessing and a curse to them, you know, they can all do, like, really awesome things, but they also have to make major concessions in their life to kind of, um, temper it. So, that was a big thing. And then also, um, the fact that, like, during World War II, um, you know, Germany was bombing, um, Great Britain. And so, the kids from major cities, like London and stuff, were having to move to the countryside to, um, to be protected. So, this kind of relates back to that, too. You know, the, the kids that are Mm -hmm. kept away and, Yeah. And the the book illustrate like goes into more detail mm-hmm. about um, the Holocaust and um, so the main character Jacob, his grandfather was actually a Jew from Poland. Oh, okay. Uh, and the Nazis, you know, invaded and killed his whole family, uh, and he was found by Miss Peregrine because one of the jobs of the Embryans is to find peculiar children, mm-hmm. like, to go out and... Oh, like, seek and them out them. and... Yeah. Yeah. And then gather them under their wings. Aww. <laughs> um, and so, um, so he came to live there, and so that was, like, in the book, because he... And they showed this in the movie, so, like, the first part of the movie is very much follows the book. Uh, I mean, some characters are changed and things are left out, but, like, it it's pretty well um to the book but but anyway um and so they and i think they may maybe touched on this in the movie um because so the grandfather would tell these crazy stories like you said um to jacob but of course people just thought he was making up fairy tales or whatever and And then then yeah the dad tries to kind of explain it away like you know this is that it's his yeah wartime experience with the nazis um yeah, that the, the monsters in the stories are the Nazis, right. and you know they did terrible exactly. things to his family, exactly. and um, and so that the orphanage must have seemed like a paradise compared to that, and you know all of this, but um, but yeah, so so that it's, it's yeah, so that theme um, very much is, like you were saying is is even more in the, in the mm-hmm. book. Um, kind of that parallel to you know the persecuted peculiar children um and then wartime and you know the the evils of men and you know children kind of being caught up in that yeah Um, and i like the idea of that like that it's almost like a fairy tale that kind of helps explain this horrific time you know that you have to kind of process what was actually happening through fiction So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm like looking at a, an article that 
because um, I wanted I wanted to know like if Ransom Riggs like had any like maybe um, oh like his background connection to yeah any kind of background like family background um, you know World War Two um, but I anyway that so that's why I'm kind of like drifting off <laughs> but I I don't I don't see anything just right in front of me right now so I'll. <laughs> But but that was kind of curious about that because yeah you know, yeah that was that was, was kind of inform so. like why he yeah was yeah. interested in writing about this. Um, but yeah, so the first trilogy, so like you said that you know there's the um, the bombing in Great Britain and everything. So the first so the trilogy, the first trilogy kind of takes place in those areas, um, you know, like Wales and and um, in Europe, um, and then the new trilogy is gonna take place in America. So that kind of, oh, okay. and I'm like, wait, Harry Potter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> the old world. Nice. Yeah, it was world. kind of interesting. Yeah, the, the main character is American. Yeah, and then he travels to to Wales. And- he was at, Ransom Riggs was actually born in Maryland, which is where I am now. And then he then he grew up, but he mostly grew up in Florida. Which okay, is yeah, because, yeah, the main character is from Florida. Yeah, yeah grows up in Florida. Which is yeah, so I'm weird. Like, I'm like, uh, Florida, Florida, come on. I'm like, alligators. <laughs> or is it crocodiles? I always forget. Oh, it's alligators. Alligators. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't go back into the bushes. <laughs> Never go back into the bushes in Florida. Because, oh. um, yeah, and that, that was like the opening scenes in the movie, pretty much. It was like, yeah. <laughs> like oh, the bushes. Florida bushes. <laughs> Woods. No. So I've but. seen a lot of reviews of this movie, and they're not all positive. And the, the things that they're complaining about, like, I don't necessarily disagree with, even though I love this movie, and I will stand by that. Um, like, th- there's been some critique on it, like, the main character's boring. It was changed a lot in the second half. Oh, yeah. I know. Like, just from reading the Wikipedia article, it seems there's, there's a lot of changing from the novel. But just, like, viewing it as a movie... Um, you know, I've seen criticism that, like, you know, the main character's boring, which I would agree, and, like, there's this, like, weird love story that's, like, completely different than what seems to be in the novel, but I, I kind of like it in a weird way, but, like, I agree with their criticism of it. Like, there's no chemistry between the actors, but, like, the whole tragedy and romance of the thing I kind of buy into. Um, and then also, it's kind of disappointing that Miss um, Peregrine disappears like she she oh Ava Green was amazing and she was like the high the yeah, high point to me like her performance is so like sharp and quirky and charismatic like she she's so charming and wonderful and so um she turns into a bird halfway through the movie and doesn't reappear till the end <laughs> so that's kind of a bummer you know like the best part of the movie yeah. kind of disappears um well, the book ends where she is like stuck as a bird. Oh, okay. I don't yeah, know. Like, like I mean, I, I, must be I see how it like because she's wounded. it's kind of part of the the story, which is fine. But like, she was the best part. Of the well, movie. they mentioned it in the movie that like she can't change back when she's wounded, right? Or something. Wasn't that it? And so I kind of I was like, like oh, I, I have guys, no problem. She can't change. I have back no problem with wounded. the log the logic of it, but like the but, yeah. like story flow kind of takes you out of it, you know? Like so, um, yeah. Cause she was great to see, yeah. like, 
And so, yeah, I can see that, like, and then when she's not on the screen, it's like, oh. I know, what a bummer, yeah. And so, and, and then also just that the whole concept is not original, because like I said, it's like, it's like X-Men, but like, I, I don't care about that at all. Like, yeah, like, it's kind of a retelling of a tale that we all know, not, I mean, not necessarily from X-Men, yeah. but just about like special children, you know? Like, I mean, it could be Harry Potter, it could be anything, you know, like, like children with something special yeah. about them that are taken to a place and kind of have their own adventures and, and whatever and I, I i felt like this was handled in a like a unique way you know just the whole feel of it <laughs> and i was thinking about it earlier and i'm like i can see all these holes but like to to me this movie was like a cake that i would bake not one of our professional friends <laughs> but me <laughs> but like you so it's more it's one of those movies it's more the exactly like you, you bake it yeah. it's got cracks in it but you just slather icing over the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> and no one can tell. And that that's what, yeah. what it was to me because it was just so it was beautiful and I did connect with some of these characters and so it was like it it connected for me. So I, I really loved it. Yeah. Like I wanna watch it again now, like after reading the book. Yeah. Um I, I, I might feel differently just... after after reading the book, but still like just as an experience, like yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, it was, it was my aesthetic cause... too. I like you know, kind of like kind of whips, yeah, whips, it's <laughs> spooky. You know, I'm all about that. Because so. it's Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah, it was good. <laughs> um, so like I saw it. Okay, so I went. Garth Nix is like one of my favorite authors. Um, and he. So I I went with a friend to go to a book event or, or an author signing, mm-hmm. um, a book signing of his, and. It was in Pennsylvania, and so, like, I got there super early so that we could, like, make sure that we got tickets and stuff. <laughs> anyway, we were there for, like, 11, and it wasn't, it wasn't, the event didn't start until, like, 6.30 or something. And so, <laughs> so we had time to kill, and so we went to see Miss Peregrine. Oh! <laughs> and then we went back to the bookstore, and then after we saw, this was, like, a, this, like, perfect day where we're, like, we drive to Pennsylvania, and then we go see see a movie and then we go like, <laughs> and then we sit down for, and wait a couple hours for the author um but so but it was at a Barnes and Noble so we went to see the movie at the mall and then we went back to the Barnes and Noble and then we you know picked up the book Miss Peregrine's book and, and immediately you know, like we read the back cover and we're like wait a minute we're like Emma <laughs> Emma and Olive oh yeah what's what <laughs> We were like so confused. I'm like, I read the graphic novel a long time ago, and I can't remember the like. Yeah, they who, they swapped so. their powers. They swapped their ages. Like, yeah, they they changed up pretty much everyone. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, that was one of the big big criticisms. Was yeah, so Emma in the book is a spark, or a, she can manipulate fire. Yeah, heat and yeah. and Olive is. A younger girl, like I don't know how old, but she's a kid, and she has the lighter than air, or you know, she can float. Yeah. And so, but in the movie, they change. They make Olive the the pyro girl, and they make Emma the love interest. I mean, Emma. The name Emma is is the love interest, right? But, <laughs> but, the, but they switched the girls. Like they, yeah. In the movie, they made Olive older, right? Um, but the and they and they switched their powers, and so. But the point they 
the reason why they did that was for the whole ship scene. Which was amazing. I loved that scene. <laughs> yeah, which was yeah. cool, but... Which may, might happen later on in the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, is maybe the vibe that I got from an article that I read. Uh, so I'm not sure. So if listeners, if any of you have read, you know, then maybe you know why that was changed <laughs> for the movie. Because if it happens later on in the book, and if they're not planning on making any more movies, then, like, you know, they tried to encapsulate a lot of the yeah those like captured all one movie yeah. so so i could see like yeah to get that whole ship scene i don't know like i don't want to spoil it but it has to do with the a person who <laughs> a peculiar who has air power well that's not spoiler like she, she's in the posters like cool. floating like a balloon <laughs> Yeah, so, and it's in the trailers. I yeah, guess, yeah, yeah. Show, so like, she can she can she manipulate air, basically. Yeah, yeah. So. so like, so that's why they changed it in the movie. Her powers to air instead of fire. yeah. No, I mean it. It seems they swapped a lot of the kids, like both their ages and their love interests. Honestly, like because I mean the um the one that can like grow plants and then the one that has the bees were both teenagers I think in the book and they kind of had a thing whereas in the movie they were kids yeah. and they really had nothing yeah, yeah they were cute like in the movie in the book they were cute like she was like this wild girl and she it was cute because they were putting on a little show mm-hmm. and then she would grow these flowers and then Hugh the the bee boy came out and his bees yeah, like, like I, I like I like that aspect. Kind of I like, like that aspect of it that their like quote powers or whatever kind of intertwine with each yeah. other because one's about plants and one's about bees and of course they like interact in nature <laughs> so it, it makes sense. Yeah, that they... and they were like making out, in the book <laughs> stuff, but it was cute. Yeah, so they were older. Yeah, in yeah. The book, but yeah, and then in the movie they kind of made. Yeah, it was interesting. But Claire. The little girl with the back mouth. Yeah, with the crazy she, teeth. She was kept the same. Yeah, much. she seems like she was the same. And Olive was like the same age as her, basically, like right. in the book. They were like the two little girl pals. Okay. That yeah, see, movie. yeah, in the movie it was Bronwyn, the strong girl, that they made like a little girl, and I think in the book she was a teenager, so. Yeah, in the book she was like a big girl, mm-hmm. you know. I kind of like how they did that because it, really it, cool. it made, like, yeah, she was big and burly, like, of course she would be strong, but I liked in the movie how they made her, like, a little girl, but she could still, like, lift crazy things, you know, so yeah. it's, like, more of a contrast, and you can visually show that. So Yeah, and that was also interesting. I mean, I think, just I think it worked yeah. how they changed everything. Yeah. I might feel differently yeah. if I read the book, you know, but, like, I... Yeah, that's what I'm, like, struggling with. Yeah. Like, trying to remember the movie. It's hard, because, like, these are all characters, and, like, it, it seems like 90% of the characters they made major major changes with. I mean, I don't want to be, yeah. like, a book purist person and say, like, I mean, I, I don't know if there was a reason or not. I would have to, to, to read it to see. Like, I mean, I can see why they changed it, because the, and also the, the book, like, it was kind of, I don't, like... It was a little bit tedious, because I feel like there was a lot, like, description that wasn't necessary, mm. um, I mean, in some places, and it was kind of slow, the pacing oh, okay. was kind of slow. Um, it's maybe first, so, like, first novel see problems. They, <laughs> yeah, maybe, um, but also, so I can see why they, you know, change some things for 
Because always with film adaptations, you, you know, they have to yeah, like con- more condense it and, and you know, yeah, like make it attention. interesting. Yeah, and and also like yeah. convey well visually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. well, well, let's get, was, I I yeah, let's get into food. Because yeah, let's get into food. Yeah. <laughs> You're probably gonna have a lot more notes than me because, like, again, in the movie, like, there, there's a few. Well, I can't find my little paper. I know, <laughs> guys. I took notes. You took notes paper, diligently, like you paper. usually do, probably with your little flashlight. <laughs> so. No, I did. <laughs> Just the light from the movie. Oh, okay. Screen. Oh, so romantic. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about this before. How like I don't do anything, and you're like. <laughs> But I, I've started to And you look like a movie like critic, because, little... yeah, you've got your little notebook. <laughs> well, I, I carry around, like, little post-it notes in my wallet, or my little purse thing, and, and a pen. Nice. But... Well. I approve, but I'm lazy. But anyway, so, like, there's a couple major food things. I think we nailed, like, three, like, when we were discussing it in the movie. So one is this... Um, adorable dinner where little Claire eats her little. <laughs> well, before that, I know, yeah, 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 Fiona like so, grows the huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, right? I'm getting there. Yeah. yeah. So like, oh, yeah, I'm oh sorry. no, no, no. Like, like everything <laughs> spurred from this dinner. So, so basically, when Jacob arrives at you know Miss Peregrine's home for peculiar children, they give him this like entire day tour, and it's like basically like thing after thing after thing of like, oh, here's. Um, you know, here's what this kid's weird thing is, and here's who so-and-so is in charge of. Um, yeah, so there's there's one girl, what, who, what's her name? Um, who can grow the, the plants? Fiona. Fiona, okay. So yeah, Fiona has plant powers, and so um, she grows this enormous carrot that um, <laughs> is good for everybody's dinner. So she grows this carrot and they prepare it for dinner. So later they have a dinner scene um, where, yeah, little Claire's eating her, um, like, giant smoked turkey leg. <laughs> Looks like the one she get at the yeah. Renaissance Festival. <laughs> yeah, th- through the <laughs> teeth in the back of her head. But then I love on the plate, like, they don't mention it again, but there's just, like, a slab of carrot, you know? <laughs> So it's like they had this enormous carrot and they just like chopped it into pieces and cooked it and here you go. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, hopefully they like canned the rest. <laughs> Preserved it. Like, they probably grow one every day, you know? It's the same day. They're yeah. they're well, all, they're perpetually cool in season work. because it's the same day every year. Yeah, it's like summertime. Um yeah, and it was kinda cool because like it showed like that, that they each kind of have responsibilities, and so like Fiona grew the, grew this huge carrot, and then Bronwyn came and picked and it up because yeah, it was it enormous, out. and they needed yeah. somebody strong to carry it. So like they all kind of have their roles. And, and Emma catches the baby squirrel that falls out of the tree every day. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that was at, that's not in the book, but it was you know added in to illustrate that she could like float the daily. Yeah. Well, yeah, that she can float, but also that like. Just the yeah, like the the daily responsibilities. So they, yeah, it's like yeah. Groundhog Day. You're it, like at this time, you know this this and that's gonna happen. Yeah, they've yeah. had all this time. Um, because they're like like Enoch, the one who can do the reanimator the things. He's like 100 years old, like over 100 yeah. years old. And then the rest are like 70 or 80. Or okay, 90, so know? he'd been there longer. And so, 
Yeah. Yeah, um, this is so, so interesting. That was kind like of yeah, interesting. like Miss Peregrine grew up in a loop too. So she must be super old. Yeah, I'm not she yeah, she probably grew up no, in a loop. No, she did. Well, I, yeah. It says in the yeah. it says in the Wikipedia article, which we know is true from everything that's on the internet. She went to school to the for Inbrin Inbrins, yeah. Um, she grew up in Miss Avocet's yeah, loop. Who's like, in the book, is she describes Miss Av- Avocet as like, she if if they had peculiar royalty, like <laughs> Miss Avocet would be that nice. <laughs> um, so that scene, that dinner scene, is in the book, and the scene was oh Claire, yeah, so um, is in the book. Well, and I think in the movie. Because Jacob is about to sit down at the table, and then it turns out that Millard, Millard, yeah, Millard, the Invisible Boy is there, <laughs> and Miss Peregrine, who never wears clothes, Miss Peregrine says, <laughs> "How many times must I tell you?" She called after him. Polite persons do not take their supper in the nude. <laughs> he just walks around naked everywhere. Yes, like, especially in the book, he's like always naked. Well, you wouldn't because be invisible be otherwise. I think if I was invisible, I'd yeah. probably do that too. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I I like Millard. Millard, like in the book, I uh, he's cool, but but like so he has made it a point to be the first person ever to write the daily history of all of the people and animals in a town. Or in a village. So, like, he goes to the village every day because it's a re- repeat of the same day. So, he and then okay, he so like, writes, he documents the, like, each person, what they do throughout the day, and each animal, <laughs> <laughs> like, what what happens to them throughout the day <laughs> from so dawn to dusk. So, one basically. day a year, there's like a perfect record yeah. of everything that so went there on. will be, yeah. yeah. Isn't that interesting? Because. <laughs> I gotta have something to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so the dinner scene. Um, let's see. Okay. So when the covers were finally lifted, so everybody had a tray with a, the gleam, a gleaming silver top hiding what was Gorgeous. inside. Um, so when the covers were finally lifted, a feast of kingly proportions was revealed. A roasted goose, its flesh a perfect golden brown, a whole salmon and a whole cod, each outfitted with lemons and fresh dill and pats of melting butter, a bowl of steamed mussels, platters of roasted veg- vegetables, loaves of bread still cooling from the oven, and all manner of jellies and sauces. Um... It all glowed invitingly in the flicker of gaslight lamps, a world away from the oily stews of indeterminate origin I've been choking down at the priest's hole. <laughs> yeah. That is a beautiful so, description. My goodness. Yeah. And th- and then they go into, um, so Claire, and they, so Claire is sitting next to Miss Peregrine and, and the, Jacob says, Are, aren't you hungry? Claire don't eat with the rest of us, Hugh volunteered. She's embarrassed. I am not, she said. Yeah, then eat something. And then, so finally she... she oh does. yeah, chows um, down with her... Back, yeah. Back Claire has teeth. a... Yeah, Claire has a back mouth, explained Millard, who sat beside me now in a smoking jacket and nothing else. <laughs> a what? Go on, show him, someone said. 
Soon everyone at the table was pressuring Claire to eat something, and finally, just to shut them up, she did. A leg of goose was set before her. She turned around in her chair, and gripping its arms, she bent over backward, dipping the back of her head to the plate. I heard a distinct smacking sound, and when she lifted her head again, a giant bite had disappeared from the goose leg. Beneath her golden hair was a set of sharp-toothed jaws. Suddenly, I understood the strange picture. Yeah, and then it shows, like, the... A picture, one of the found pictures of a little girl, like just a normal picture, you know, her looking at the camera and then a picture of the back of her head. <laughs> so that inspired this character, Claire, that this. Nice. Um, but like you would, you would think, you know, and here I am, I'm like, oh, no, her hair's getting all over the plate. And like, if there's any gravy and juices on the plate, I was concerned about her, her beautiful blonde curls. Yeah. Getting greasy. <laughs> how, do, how do the curls not get in the right. mouth? Like. Especially if you, yeah, anyway, so <laughs> I'm like, you would think, but that wouldn't match the style of the day, but like, you would have a shaved head. Because <laughs> otherwise, that mouth is always going to have hair in it. Like, I mean, I have, even just, I mean, I have really long hair, but like, I'm always getting hair like all up in my face and stuff, and I have a regular front yeah, a face. A front face now. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's like do not ever put chapstick on the on the back mouth because right that that hair is gonna stick to it <laughs> anyway. So oh no, what am yeah, I, I was also me? concerned about this. Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> it's magic. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, now I took a tab out and I don't know where it goes. Oh, yeah. Maybe it was well, I appreciate I so, appreciate that they get it together to have like a fabulous feast every day because it's their like repeat day. Well, and it's to know they're self sufficient there because, as we said, it's during World War Two. Right? Oh, I don't they know have the little victory garden or whatever that they can grow their own vegetables and whatnot. So. Yeah, and they have so and and animal wise and stuff. Right. Um, wild geese, wild fish. Have, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because they live by mm. the ocean and stuff. Or, or I guess they. I mean, it is a fishing village that they live right, in. Right, yeah. So. They're right on the coast. But, yeah. Yeah. There's scenes on the coast, um, yeah. <laughs> so. so it was, like, a, a paradise, you know? Yeah. Kind of away from the rest Whales, of the world. Whales, man. But, swear to go. But apparently this... And I think they mentioned it in the movie, like, on a part of the island, Cairnholm, um, whale in Wales, there was, a, like, a military... Um, base or something or i can't remember what it what it is exactly but that's why the that's why there was bombing mm, okay in there, which is they weren't sad. targeting this like but. random mansion of peculiar peculiar children yeah <laughs> there, they, yeah there was, was a reason yeah there was a yeah and you would think like yeah like would people because if it's during wartime and you live near or or you know a military installation you know is built nearby like, you'd think you would want to move. Well, you would, unless you're an inbreed and you can just reset the day over and over again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure yeah. they would have, but it didn't. But I, just, I was thinking about the villagers and the, you know, just regular Yeah, that's groups. true. Yeah. But yeah, because it would, because then it would Well, like I'm, it, sure, it I'm sure during their loop, there wasn't many people there, you know? Like, all the villagers and stuff were in current, current day. Yeah, there are 100 and... 90-something people, I think. And then 300-and-something animals. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Millard. Oh, nice. <laughs> Millard. We know All this. Right. 
So another um, another oh, food uh, yeah. is eyeballs. <laughs> Which is not in the book at all. Oh, that's interesting. So that was like a big, de- that totally was a, a big deal. Thing, there was I like guess. a plate full of eyeballs, like featured in the movie. So it, yeah, I know it was. I was like, yeah, this is totally like a, a Tim Burton like film. a couple like times, a couple times scene. that came up. Yeah, because like the grandfather's <laughs> eyeballs were stolen. So yeah, that's that's the whole way that these like I was waiting for it to happen in the book. Oh yeah, I know it seems like a cool detail, but yeah, I guess that was like a Burton thing. Okay, cool. All right, we know. But cannibal, but I mean, but eating, eating the peculiars. Oh, okay. So they didn't want to just. That that's a nice touch then, because it's like spooky, but it's not quite as gruesome for a kids movie to like be eating entire people. Like, just seeing their eyes. Yeah. That's, that's kind of weird, but... You know. Well, it's curious because something that I read, uh, it's kind of a spoiler, so I'm not going to say it because it was kind of a spoiler for me, uh, you know, because I'm going to read the rest of the series, um, but, uh, to, like, it was commenting about, um, what, just about the holocausts mm-hmm. eating peculiars um and like why they do it um and so with the reason that was said that i think that doesn't appear until later on in the series in the books um thinking back about the movie and the eyes like why would they make it into eyes unless maybe later on in the books eyes are mentioned like so I'm kind of curious about that because it is very specific yeah. <laughs> to like put in the movie, and so. But it, but in I the mean, first it could be book, specific. They... It could be symbolic. It could be to not be so you as know what gross. They say about <laughs> you know? Eyes, huh? right? You know what they say about the eyes. windows to the soul. Yeah. Mm. So. Spoiler. Spoilers. Maybe. Okay. Because that was the little tidbit that that I read. I mean, it didn't go into detail, but it said like. That's why okay, I mean th- that that makes sense, eating. and it also makes for like an interesting visual. So I I can see, yeah, yeah, like going that way for a movie. So I don't know if that was purely um, a parallel, like a connection drawn in the movie, and that's kind of cool because yeah. I immediately think of that saying, and then I'm like, oh, right, well, yeah, that's, it makes total makes sense. sense. Anyway, so I'm trying. To, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I guess I'm spoiling it, but also... Well, I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, eating someone's eyes is way more symbolic than eating, like, their (laughs) ear or their elbow or something. Well, so in the the book, they just, like, eat the people. Right, 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 yeah. They just tear them apart and eat them. And and they actually eat human, regular people. That would have been way too gruesome for this kid's movie. But not all the time. Like, only a couple here and there, Still, whatever. I mean, yeah, just... because they have to keep eating, like they have to keep eating raw Oof, meat and stuff, uh, but yeah. it's the peculiar blood that makes them turn into whites, which is what Samuel L. Jackson and the other white-eyed people oh, okay. were. So it's like, yeah, so they all were peculiars, okay. and then they were peculiars who wanted to become immortal gods, basically. And then their experiment went wrong, and they turned into tentacle-mouth right. monsters, which are the holocausts. And then if the holocausts consume enough, in the movie it was eyes of peculiar kids, and in the book it's just enough blood, like peculiar okay, blood or, gotcha. you know, guts and stuff, <laughs> then they then they become whites, which are closer to, like, common people. 
So they don't have powers, peculiar powers anymore. But they can live forever. Well, not, like... Or at least as long as they keep consuming. So they're still trying to do the experiment, just like in the movie. They're still trying to Okay, well, that's that's the goal. That's the goal, is is immortality. Yeah. So, but in the book, the holocausts can't go inside loops. But the whites can. Okay. The the people... Ah, there's all all these rules. That was probably kind of, like, there in the movie. I just didn't, like, grasp all of (laughs) them. Well, no, I, well, they let, they really streamlined it for mm. the movie, and, um, yeah. There was enough oh, world building just, like, Jacob walking through the, <laughs> the Yeah, home, it, yep. in the movie, like, they, and they added some things, you know, like the squirrel falling out of the tree, like, they added some Yeah, just to, to illustrate, kind of f- like, what, what their deal was, yeah. 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 Um, and there, so there's one thing that I tabbed in the book, um, and it meant it does mention food, but it was to um, describe the loop. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was, it was kind of interesting. Uh, fortunately, the mechanism by which loops are reset is a simple one. One of us must cross through the entryway every so often. This keeps it pliable, you see. The ingress point is a bit like a hole in fresh dough. If you don't poke a finger into it now and then, the thing may just close up on its own. And if there's no ingress or egress, no valve through which may be vented the various pressures that accrue naturally in a closed temporal system, she made a little poof gesture. This is Miss Peregrine. I'm talking with her. She made a little poof gesture with her hands as if miming the explosion of a firecracker well the whole thing becomes unstable so a dough I illustration know, I for the... like that's both interesting <laughs> and a food metaphor <laughs> so. yeah um yeah and so in the movie there was also an apple do you remember that um an mm. apple I don't remember. that Jacob was given Emma gives Jacob an apple from 1940, so when he's there, um, back in the past, and then he brings it with him to 2016, and puts it on his bedside table, and this happens exactly in the book as well, um, and then he wakes up in the morning, it's like totally shriveled and... Yeah, it's like dust or (laughs) whatever, yeah. And so, but he doesn't understand that that's the same, he doesn't understand what happens until a little bit later. So yeah, so in the book... It's an apple that comes from the past, and then the next morning, it's totally, like, it's like a shriveled, leathery little lump, and then, and then later on he realizes, oh, like, it's explained to him that, yeah, the thing, like, if a kid goes, if one of the peculiars leaves the time loop, then the years will catch up with them, and he's like, oh, crap, it's just like that apple. (laughs) (laughs) So, there's the apple scene. Yeah, and then um, and then in the movie, so at the end of the movie, food-wise, there is this, like, battle at the um, at an amusement yeah. park. Yeah, <laughs> which was kind of fun, because like, I like the whole atmosphere yeah. they set up with that whole thing, yeah. I thought it was a little wacky. It was, like, like it, it took me out of it, because I was, like, I had totally gotten into the vibe of, like, the 1940s, you know? And then you, like, yeah. turn up at this crazy place. But I kind of liked how, like, ornate and illustrated it was. Because it was, like, it was current day, but yeah. it still kind of felt 
little timey in that aspect, you know? So, like, it, it did take yeah. me a minute to kind of settle into it, but, like, I, I... Like, I know what you mean. Like, it, it, it was kind of jarring, but then I kind of liked it in the end. Well, and Samuel L. Jackson was really, like, the Because he was, like, a funny bad guy. Right. Like, <laughs> and I guess maybe that was supposed to be unsettling, but... I don't know. Like, especially at the end, and he's like, really? Well, there was one funny part, wasn't it? Where he's like, really? Are you... Got, like, they kept blowing him up against the wall, and he's like, all right. You know, and his lips were... His mouth was like, blah, blah, blah. I like, don't know. I kind of liked him, because, I mean, not that he would, like, super stood out to me, but he was, like, a little... Yeah, he was a little funny. He was a little unhinged. You know, I kind of I yeah, bought him as a, like, kind of off his rocker bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, and so it was it like Yeah. Like that so that stood out to me and I like yeah, it was interesting, but then also at times I was like, oh, now it's just getting silly. Mm. But then some parts were funny. Yeah, you know, like took you out of silly, it. Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of like, oh, I don't know how I know. <laughs> um but they so the holocausts are invisible except to Jacob. Oh right. That, and his grandfather yeah, so that's also that's see them. the whole reason like he doesn't have any other like quote special powers, but apparently his power is being able to see, to see these them, um which is like a curse, these like yeah. weird creatures that kind no of. one else can. So that's how he's helping everyone fight them. Yeah. And so the other kids so like at that point at the end of the movie there are like four of these monsters. Um, anyway, and it, and the kids, they're out of the carnival, and so they, like, throw cotton candy and, and, like, candies and snowballs at the monsters to, like, so they can at least see their silhouettes, like, see, because then the candy and stuff would stick, you know, stuck to the monsters' bodies, and then the snow, you know, coated them a little bit so they could see them, and so the friend I was with, uh, that I was watching the movie with afterwards, she was like, yeah, snow cones, like, <laughs> like like snow cones and then and then of course there's like all the candy and stuff so you could totally do like yeah snow carnival cone, candy food. Snow cones or yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that was kind of fun but yeah it's like what other i know yeah the apple and then that lunch or dinner scene and then the like car- candy and stuff at the end yeah so i mean i i, I feel I like, like that's about average for a of... movie it's not like super food heavy but yeah. it like there's definitely like a a good presence of stuff so there's the the priest hole the pub right yeah so like the yeah. when um like... jacob and his father come to wales they stay at this little at this little inn which is mm-hmm. a pub and so Jacob goes back in time there, yeah. So, like, we, you know, we imagine it's, like, typical pub fair. <laughs> yeah, and they, so they have breakfast there and, and dinner right. there. Um, yeah. That's where they're eating and, their meals, um, yeah. There is a concoction that Miss Peregrine makes, a, a tonic, and because in the book, it's Miss Avocet that comes to her uh, because the whites invaded her loop, um... And she's, like, totally out of sorts. And Miss Peregrine concocts a tonic of cocoa, co- coca, C-O-C-A, coca wine and brandy. Ooh. Yeah. And it's, it's like a dark brown liquid, I guess. But it, like, totally 
Kirk's Ms. Abbasek. All right. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't, what is co- cocoa wine? I don't know if you had heard of, I don't know. What... No, is that, I don't know if it's, it's chocolate or coconut or cocaine. I don't know what this like, yeah, related to. I have to look it up. I don't know. Um, so there's that. Yeah, but I think that's pretty much, I mean. Oh, no, yeah, it's an alcoholic beverage combining wine and cocaine. I was joking, but, like, yeah, that's what it is, (laughs) so. Tip it on, yeah, that's. All right, that would perk you up. (laughs) Yeah, that was happening there. Mix it with some brandy. (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and there's a lot of sheep in the book so they are in whales probably some mutton oh yeah going on um and yeah yeah the whole thing was very atmospheric and i i appreciated that yeah in the book, there are there's there are, in many descriptions food is used, um, like to describe. So like, when one of the holocausts was attacking some sheep, it was uh, began to lift the sheep to its slavering jaws one after another, taking a blood spurting bite from each, and then tossing it aside like a gluttonous king gorging at a medieval Ooh. feast. So, like, so there's, like, some descriptions like that. Like, well, I mean, that he is actually eating something. Right, but still, yeah, like, yeah. Other, in other situations, like, food allusions. Right, like the dough. Um, So that's kind of, yeah, like dough. Yeah, I like it. Um, So. Cool. (laughs) Oh, and there is a birth, Jacob has his 16th birthday at the beginning of the book. And I was kind of sad, so... There's a character introduced as his best friend, like, but they're not, it's more of a friend of, um, like, they have a deal worked out where, I can't remember what Jacob's end of the deal is, but they're friends. I'll just, they're friends. (laughs) (laughs) But it's this guy, I guess his name is, no, I can't remember his name because he's just in the beginning, Ricky. But he's like, oh, like a, He's kind of like the bodyguard, I guess. But he, like, has, a like, a beat-up car that he lets people, um, like, drunk people pay a dollar to, like, whack with a golf club or something. And, like, he has, like, green hair or, or he has, like, a gun in his back. So in, in the movie, it's, like, his co-worker, Jacob's co-worker that gives him a ride and then, like, ha- shoots, like, has a gun in, in her car and then, like, shoots the the holocaust in the mm-hmm. woods but in the book it's this like cool friend ricky mm. who picks him up and so i like but he's only in the beginning of the book and so i really hope because he seems yeah like, <laughs> they put him back. but he was anyway that was just because he was at this party and there was like cake maybe i don't know there was some food at this party <laughs> <laughs> okay okay anyway <laughs> Whoa. But that's it. Okay. I don't have any more. <laughs> well, let's talk about our recipes, which 
we have not made yet. Yeah, <laughs> I'll remind you people, it's Halloween week. It. We've had lots going we've on. About it hard. We've had kids and costumes and trick-or-treating and whatnot to deal with. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, but we've both got ideas what we're going to do for this. So, so what's your Miss Peregrine's yeah. recipe? So the thing, so um, the thing from the movie that stood out to me was the carrot. Um, I, so the dinner scene, the plate. So that it looked like there was like cauliflower. There was cauliflower yeah. on the plate, and some other things. And then there was like this wedge of the carrot. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and in fact, that um, was my initial thought, too, but then you were talking about the carrot, I was like, okay, I'm gonna... Uh, no, no. Well, but you still could, like, because it's different. Like, we would I know, make we could be, things. like, dueling carrot dishes. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so that I'm like, But okay, no, that's good, because like you're, you're right, there is, like, tart. a slap, like, it's like a square of carrot that, like, you could never achieve in real life, because it's, like, yeah. it's like a block of carrot, yeah, it's good. yeah. And so, like, when I, when I saw it, yeah, I was, like, it kind of, like, I imagine that they, like, cut a, a disc of it, and then they, like, boiled it yeah, or something, yeah. or whatever, like, or, or roasted it. Simmered it. it. No, it looked like, it. yeah, it looked like it was... So it's almost like, yeah, like a pot. Like, so my first thought was, like, oh, well, how would you, you know, because you want it to be large, right. <laughs> so it would have to be mashed mm-hmm. carrots. That you yeah, mashed and, and so it'd be kind of like a carrot slab, pie, yeah. but I wanted it to be savory, and so it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. I already have the ingredients and the recipe worked out, so it'll be a tart or like a a pie. I guess like a pie shape, I guess, but um, but cauliflower crust, oh, okay. like cauliflower and parmesan crust, and then uh, like feta and egg and um carrot and like mashed carrots for the in inside of the of the tart so so i like so it'll be savory but it will look like a pie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway what do you call that a tart it no still it's still a pie a i mean a you make shepherd's pie yeah, or spaghetti pie. pie or whatever it's still savory it's fine yeah yeah savory pie, pie carrot can go pie. <laughs> savory carrot pie with cauliflower crust I like it. That sounds delicious. I would make that. We'll see how it turns out. <laughs> yeah, and it'll be good. I think it's good for this like autumn Thanksgiving season yes. too. Root root veggies. Them. Yeah. Yeah, and it's orange. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, for mine, yeah. Again, I haven't made it yet. It, like I've had. I had a really hard time coming up with something for this. Like, I had all these ideas, like, buzzing around in my head, and, like, none of them were really coming together. And, like, usually I, like, kind of zoom in on something. I'm like, oh, yes, I'm going to make this. So, yeah, this one I had a hard time because I was like, okay, I'm not going to do carrot anything. Um, So I I zoomed in on the eyeballs, which is so interesting that's not in the book at all. Because <laughs> it seemed... Well, the carrot isn't either. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> well, whatever. Like, it seems like such a big deal in the movie that I was like, okay, this is a thing. Yeah, the eyes were totally a big deal. Yeah. yeah. So, I, like, again, I go to something savory, first of all, and so, <laughs> this is so gross, but, like, I learned how to cook um, giblets last year. 
and they're chewy mm. and I'm like oh this seems like it would be eyeball texture so I kept like brainstorming like what can I do to make the outside white and there's not that many savory things so I'm like eggs I don't know so like I, I kept thinking of ideas and like couldn't really get there and then you suggested like pearl onions like to make your eyeballs or whatever which is also a good idea I think but, like, I kind of veered off from that. And then I was like, I'm still going to make eyeballs, but I'll make them sweet. You know, because I've seen, like, a lot of eyeball truffles. But then I'm like, it is Halloween. I'm drowning in, <laughs> like, I'm drowning in candy. Oh, my God. Like, oh, trick-or-treating last night was insane. My kids are never going to eat that much. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not making anything sweet. <laughs> so, today I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? So... Then I'm like, okay, let's look, let's look at this. So I had an idea. Um, so first of all, it's in Wales. You know, I love to cook regional. Um, the most famous Welsh thing I can think of is Welsh rarebit, which I know you did for um, Jonathan Strange. Um, the the rarebit. But then I was also thinking of Emma in the movie, on the book, because they switched it around. But like, she's she's got this <laughs> air power. You know, so I was thinking, okay, maybe I should make, um, so Welsh rarebit you normally serve on top of rye toast, I think. So I was like, I could do rye popovers, you know, so it gives it that, like, airy texture or whatever. Yeah. So I was thinking to do, like, yeah, like, rye popovers and then have, like, the rarebit sauce that you could dip them in. So wow. that's my idea. <laughs> And again, yes. I'm like... And then stick an eyeball on the middle. Oh, yeah, and a good eyeball in the middle. <laughs> yeah, just to tie it all together. Yeah, so that's my idea. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm going to try the, the peppers, which is, again, like, like touches good. on my Jonathan Strange recipe, which was Yorkshire puddings, which is basically the same thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, the batter's the same, but you kind of cook it in slightly different ways or whatever. So, yeah, that's, that's what I'm planning to do. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, cheese sauce. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cheese anything I'm down with. That sounds really good. So yeah, I'm like I'll make something savory to temper like the like the astronomical <laughs> amounts of like fun sized candy yeah. bars I've been like nipping out of my kids. So. <laughs> Halloween candy. Oh, no. Yeah, same here. It's like oh another candy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's the plan. Rye popovers and Very Welsh cool. ribbon sauce. <laughs> nice. All right. So I guess I mean I guess we're ready to wrap it up. Unless you have anything else. No, it would just be me like flipping through my book, through the book, looking at what my tabs say, <laughs> which I've already kind of done, and it's just like, and that never goes well when oh, I yeah. do that because it's like notes and random, notes, <laughs> random this and that. Yeah. I love it. So there, like, I have a lot of food tabs in the book, um, but there, there isn't. There aren't many like very okay yeah so we 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 got the major scenes we we got it cool (laughs) so yeah we'll post uh, links to our future recipes which we will get to and get used to this people it's the holiday season we're trying to keep up but we're busy people (laughs) yeah so yeah anyway like we'll post recipes at our website at fictionkitchenpodcast.com yeah and you can find us on the social media at fkpod on twitter and fiction kitchen podcast on tumblr facebook and instagram and we're most active on 
like Instagram and Twitter. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram and Twitter, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then next time, we are talking about Howl's Moving Castle. Yes, we are. So the book and the Studio Ghibli film. And then after that is Moana, the Disney movie that's coming out. Yep. So that's that's our look ahead. Yep, so we got some good stuff coming up. And thanks so much for listening. And remember to stay peculiar. Bye.